Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of On My Mind. I'm Shelley Griffith, and this week I am very pleased to have a dear friend of mine, the Reverend David Graybill, to come and speak about a number of things, but most importantly at this time, he has just released his first book, the title of which is Faith in the West Wing, and we're going to enjoy talking about a number of these episodes of the West Wing, but more importantly, welcome, Dave. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we're delighted that you could come today and give us, if you will, uh, as I do with my guests all the time, some of your background, like kind of where you were raised and family involvement and so forth. Sure. Well, I grew up in Marion, Virginia, in the southwestern part of the state there, and went to uh, Emory and Henry College and then on to uh, Emory University for seminary. Grew up in the Methodist Church. I like to tell folks I was going to First United Methodist Church of Marion probably before I was born. (laughs) Uh, And so I really felt a calling into ministry in college, kind of let that sit for a little bit as I explored some different other options, but eventually came back around to it. And so I enjoyed my time in seminary and then have served. My first appointment was in Cornwall in Penzance in England, (laughs) which I didn't realize was a real place uh, until I was appointed there. But it sure is. And they have a history of piracy along the (laughs) Cornish coast. That was a wonderful year. uh, First year of ministry, first year of marriage. And then uh, my wife, Tracy, and I, we were appointed to here in Athens uh, as the associate pastor at Keith Church. Then spent some time uh, over in Inglewood at two churches there. Served some churches up in Knox, uh, a church up in Knoxville, uh, St. Mark, and then um, came back to Keith as the senior pastor, and then just left there this past year to go down to Chattanooga to serve as the pastor at Signal Crest United Methodist Church. So, well, and tell us a little bit about Tracy and the boys. Sure, Tracy's originally from New Jersey, and we met uh, down in Atlanta at at Emory. She was the director of admissions when I came there, so it started off in uh, in that way and then uh, kind of grew and developed from there. Uh, we've got two boys, Noah, uh, who is 18, and he is a freshman at uh, Vanderbilt University. And then I have uh, our, our second son, Wesley, is a junior at Signal Mountain High School on Signal Mountain. Well, and we really have enjoyed having your family here all this time, and watching the boys grow up and seeing your community involvement and and hated to lose you, but certainly we understand that is a process and know you're doing a great job down there. When we look at at the, the ministry that you have served, share with me, if you will, some highlights along the way that have affected and changed your life, if you will, through your ministry. Wow, that's a great question. Um, I think the thing that really uh, clarified my call to ministries was a sense of people were were really with me and surrounded me when uh, my father died my senior year in college. Um, I really felt like I, I kind of want to be able to be with people in their big moments as, as well as the small everyday moments, but especially those you know weddings, baptisms, uh, funerals, the the kind of big events where people are often more open to what is this, how does this fit into the big picture? Where's God fit into this? And how is, how is this woven into my life? So 
Um, those, those, that's been what I've kind of enjoyed and felt plugged into the most. I guess in my own ministry, the first time I was here at Keith was when um, 9-11 happened. That was like my second week of ministry as the associate pastor here in, in Athens. And that, that is, was one of those big moments that I think sent a lot of people wondering, where is God in this? And certainly sent the writers uh, of the West Wing to try to explore that as well. So that was a big moment. Um, you know, a lot of times going through the uh, economic downturn, a lot of folks uh, losing some jobs or having some very much e economic difficulties was a was a was a season there, and then of course uh, the pandemic. Uh, I was here as a senior pastor at, at Keith during that, and just trying to help uh, the congregation, the community navigate uh, that particular time. And you were so helpful uh, with that in the community as well. Those those are probably the big defining moments that um, of my ministry so far. Oh, that's excellent, Dave. And and what great service to the community during those tough, tough times. And as you began, did you feel like you always had a book in you? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. Maybe, I, I, don't, I didn't know quite what book it might be, but I don't know that I had envisioned this particular book as being, uh, it kind of grew and developed. But, um, you know, I think when you're a preacher, when you're a uh, when you write your sermons, you know, you're a communicator, you're always thinking, how can I share this with people? I've always felt like I've had the platform of the pulpit and really didn't feel like I needed to do too much more than that. But this was something I kind of felt. Uh, maybe maybe some other folks might enjoy this, benefit from this. Uh, may, maybe it could be a blessing to them too. Well, and, and I certainly have enjoyed reading it. Idle folks... Faith in the West Wing, the portrayal of religion in a prime time presence, a perfect. And for you fans out there of the West Wing, I certainly have been one forever. If you haven't seen it, there are now boxed sets that can be ordered. Just a wonderful series. What I was saying, Dave, to a friend this week, it didn't necessarily matter party-wise, and I don't know if you would agree with that, that even, uh, and it's portrayed from a uh, Democratic president, but I looked at it as sort of a, a just a broad base, and, and you can expand on that in just a moment, but the, the episodes, the depth of writing by Aaron Sorkin and his crew, and, and as you began to watch The West Wing and, and get into that, did you perceive that Maybe a book would come out of it at that point, because that's that's just an interesting concept. Yeah, so uh, I did. The, the more I was intrigued by how the show was portraying religion and, and faith and its characters and, and its storylines, the more I kind of wondered, suspected, uh, well, maybe this could become a project where we where I could look at this across the series, much like uh, there was a book that came out years and years ago called The Gospel According to Peanuts, yes. a little cartoon strip. I remember seeing that and thinking, wow, that is amazing. And and then there were other, there've been other books along the way. There's a Gospel According to Tolkien, The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, and sort of extracts a lot of the uh, religious ideas in those. There was a, most recently, one of my favorite ones is The Gospel According to Hamilton, the Broadway musical. Oh my. 
So I, I kind of have had these things in the back of my mind. There was a there was a study that a lot of churches used about uh, essentially the gospel in Andy Griffith. There's shows like that and series like that. So I, I kind of thought, well, this could be something similar. Uh, there was even a book about the the gospel according to the Irish band U2 uh, and how they weave faith into their lyrics. So I, I did kind of think it might, who knows, it might become something. But, but it's good. It's not the gospel of the West Wing. You've, you've done that. The title of our podcast is On My Mind. I didn't know it until we started a number of weeks ago. Tons of On My Mind podcasts out there, so right. perhaps. But no, that's very interesting. And when you talk about the gospel according to the different folks, and I had seen that. But share with us, Dave, and, and you speak in the book wonderfully about the very first episode of The West Wing. And share with us, if you will, and certainly for the people who don't know the characters, about you know who the president is and some of these, how you have have woven the faith in that first episode, which really kicks it off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the first episode, the pilot episode, they're called pilot episodes because they kind of pilot the way forward for the show. And and in that pilot episode, they really address the relationship of church and state. There's a controversy involving some of the America's faith leadership uh, and uh, against some of the um, administration uh, so it sort of sets the stage for some of that conversation. And then the president's first line, so it's President Josiah Bartlett, played by Martin Sheen. Uh, and his very first line, his opening line, is he's quoting uh, the Ten Commandments, Thou shalt have, have no other gods before me. And he says, boy, those were the days. <laughs> you know. And I thought, what a, what a wonderful introduction. And, and it, it sparked my mind then. I wonder how they're going to treat and depict uh, people of religious faith. There was a little bit of a concern, will will they caricature religious people? Uh, there's some of that in the series, but I think largely they, they treat these characters that dip in and out of the series very well, very respectfully, uh, in a balanced sort of way, and that, that really generates some good uh, reflection and, I think, conversation. Well, and two, Dave, and, and certainly what I observed throughout the series, they show the the foibles we all have as human beings. It's not like it's a perfect, you know, administration. And that's uh, a lot in, in the book as well, how the president can bring them into the Oval Office for their meetings, berate them, still love them, uh, and go on. One of the episodes, and you and I chatted earlier, that just struck me and still today does, can't wait to watch it again, The Overcoat. Share, share with our listeners that principle, especially our, our veterans. And then the other part of that uh, we'll speak in a moment is, is our, our burgeoning homeless population everywhere right here in Athens, McMahon County. But share with us, that's just a beautiful episode. Yeah, that was the Christmas episode in the season, and on all the seasons would have kind of Christmas episodes or Thanksgiving episodes. So this was the very first one, and one of the president's main advisors, Toby, he's the director of communications, um, was called out to the you know the Washington Mall where the Washington Monument is and uh, to, because there's an overcoat that had um, his business card in it. 
that belonged to a homeless man who had died on the, the mall over the evening before because of the cold temperatures. And so Toby obviously doesn't know the man, realizes that the coat he had donated to Goodwill. And so Toby's very interested in this man uh, kind of that, that with whom he shared this overcoat. And so they, they go back and uh, he, he does some research, finds out that the man is a veteran, uh, that he's a Purple Heart recipient, had served in Korea. And so Toby arranges for a uh, military burial at Arlington National Cemetery, sort of out of the protocol. And, but it's, it's a very sweet story and gets, gets the, the man's brother to, to be there, who's also homeless also involves the president's secretary, Mrs. Lanningham, who had two sons who died in Vietnam. And so the, the, the episode ends there at Arlington Cemetery. It's just a powerful episode. I, I try to watch it around every Christmas, and I still, I've seen it probably 20 times maybe, but I still get chills. I still tear up because it's a very moving. And the whole idea is it's a Christmas episode. Um, Jesus became homeless essentially for us and that's how we received the God in Excelsis Deo, uh, God on high. And uh, so I think in, in subtle ways, they don't like beat us over the head with these religious themes in very sort of subtle uh, and inviting ways. They invite us to think theologically about some of these things. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm going to segue a minute. We'll come back to the book. But while you were at Keith Church here, a, a warming center for folks who didn't have a place to stay had been established. Tell us a little about that. That's right. That was something that uh, really the ministers and churches in the community really wanted to uh, help uh, provide some, some warmth, some shelter to uh, the homeless population here in Athens. And so uh, churches and, and uh, congregations came together to provide some meals, to provide volunteers to stay overnight, and we hosted it at some different churches. There were, you know, anywhere from, sometimes we wouldn't have folks to show up, but uh, a lot of times there'd be four or seven people that would uh, avail themselves of that opportunity. We got to know some of them much better through that ministry and, and were able to tend to some of their other needs than shelter. So. Uh, again, yeah, I think uh, it, it's very much of a, of, of a problem here, even in Athens. Been a situation in, of course, Knoxville and Chattanooga, and it's it's something that uh, churches can have the opportunity to respond to. And I think when we're responding to homeless folks that are among us now, we're, we're in a way tending to Christ's presence with us. Uh, in particular, in this episode, it was a homeless veteran. And it really raised to my mind the the struggles of a lot of our veterans, the, the PTSD that so many of them experience that leads to things like uh, homelessness, drug addiction, uh, the, the high suicide rates of, of our veterans. And so it, it one of the show's uh, uh, actors in the show, Melissa Fitzgerald, she was in all seven of the episodes, uh, all seven of the, of the uh, seasons. She uh, has set up a program uh, called Justice for Vets that are helping veterans in the in the judicial system in the in the court systems to uh, have more uh, just 
resolutions of, of some of the things that they're experiencing. So, you know, my dad served in, in during the Korean time. He was stateside. One of the things I'm hoping to do is to any of the proceeds of, of, of the book sales to, to give a portion of that back to Justice for Vets because this that episode moved me so much and, and really spoke to me. Hopefully that's a way to kind of give back and to do some good. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. I too, I was in the military stateside in 72 and 3 when Vietnam was really gearing up. And you're absolutely right. We had so many of the folks come back from Vietnam that I wound up counseling as a, as a neophyte physician, if you will, general medical. And PTSD didn't exist. And, and then as we found out later, realizing, and then as you pointed out beautifully, the, the different traumas they suffer throughout their lives. And, and I think that's wonderful and a wonderful gesture that you would make with that. Another episode that, that really struck with me, and then certainly in the book, share with us a little bit, because it may mean a lot to our listeners, about the president's anger after, and I don't want to spoil it for folks, yeah. but an incident happened with his dear assistant, Mrs. Lanningham. Share with us that episode in the cathedral, if you will, just a little bit. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's probably one of the most famous scenes in the whole series is when, yes, they, they've had this funeral, and President Bartlett, is he's got a lot going on. He's grieving the loss of, uh, of this important person in his life. He's considering whether to run for re-election um, after uh, having sort of not told the American people of a diagnosis that he'd had the first uh, time he, he ran for president. So uh, he's, he's got a lot on his mind, and so he closes the cathedral off. It's just him in, in there. And he rants. He he lashes out at God, and even in Latin, um, which is which is really something. Uh, the the creator, I think Sorkin said, he's going to have the president upset with God and, and using God's own language, Latin. <laughs> so it's it's a powerful scene, and and but it's one that I think really is is about prayer and how do we and how can we talk to God. Can we be angry with God? Can we express that anger with God? And I want to say that this show says, yes, yes, we can. Uh, we can we can be angry with God. God can take it. Bartlett is still very much in a relationship with God, even as, as he's angry with God. And so it, it has to do with prayer. I think ultimately uh, rehabilitating his view of God, too. I think he had viewed God very much like his father, and his father was not a maybe altogether positive role model for him. And so he, I, I hope that he or that we can come to maybe view God in a in a way that might be more positive, that can help us as we envision our our own prayer life. Well, that's excellent. And yes, I mean, I personally have been angry with God. We. We lost a, a dear friend's daughter in a sad hit and run many, many years ago. I had trained with that family and him in Birmingham. We've still connected. And yeah, that's one of my major angers at that time. How can you do this? But you're right. And, and prayerfully, little by little, we learn. So that's an excellent response with that. What would you say, Dave, and, and we're deviating a little now, we'll be back to the book in a second, but, and this is something that I ask 
dear friend of yours, Claire Brown, a couple of weeks ago on her episode. Is there something that you can look at as a long-term minister with this growing, and I guess it's still growing, what we call, I hate using this word, unchurched population in America? How how do we approach that? And I know there are different thoughts that different ministers have, but do you have a, a view yourself on how those folks can come to gain a church home and a relationship with God? Hmm, that's a great Great question. I really appreciate Claire's answer on the podcast, too, about that. I'll use the book as maybe a um, springboard into that. So just like I think the book shows us what uh, the political process can be. I think it's optimistic in that way. It's idealistic. It shows people of different perspectives, but working together for the greater good. I think what I would hope the church provides to the community at large, including those who are not actively part of a faith community. At its best, I would hope we model a way of being people of faith in a positive and cooperative way, even when there are things that we may not agree about theologically or uh, in the ways in which we do church, practice church, we can still work together around things like the warming center, ways in which we can really reach out in the communities for good uh, as, as an expression of our faith. So that's what I, I would hope that, and I, I hope that that's what Jesus wanted the church to be and to do. And so I, I hope that that's something that we can offer to the community and then uh, hopefully that is something that would draw people toward that and say, I, I, would, I want to live my life and I want to be in a community that, that acts and behaves more like that and that can, where you can be who you are and bring the ideas that you have uh, and the questions, the questions that you have and that that's okay. We can talk about it and still uh, we may come to some disagreements or things, but we can still be in the main work of doing life together. Um, I would hope that's something that we could offer to the broader community. Yeah, that's a great response, Dave, and I, I appreciate that a lot, and especially watching your service personally, Claire's and others. It, it excites me as a, an older member of the community, being back here almost 46 years, to watch that development. It's, it's just perfect. Share one other one other episode and and I pronounced it correctly. I think you said shibboleth. Shibboleth, yeah. Okay, it's okay. important how you pronounce that, <laughs> as, as, as we know as, in the Bible. As I read yeah. and all of that. And I check pronunciation guides <laughs> all the time as I serve, you know, my church because when we read. But but share with us that, that, that uh, particular episode and how that came about. Well, that's a great question. The, the word shibboleth is a Bible word. It only appears... There in the Bible, it, it's uh, and it's only one time, and it was basically a um, kind of a password that uh, a, a couple of warring little factions within the people of Israel they wanted, uh, uh, you know, who could share in the spoils of victory, and so these different um, kind of like we have different ways of of talking. Some people say, you know, you say tomato, I say tomato. It's kind of a thing like that, and so. Shibboleth was sort of the password. If you could say it correctly, 
then you were with the in crowd, the good, the good folks. And if you could, if you mispronounced it, it showed, oh, you were one of them. And so I loved that the title of this episode was this Bible word. And it was a Thanksgiving episode. I believe it was in the second season. And it, it had to do with, um, there were a lot of things going on in that episode. There were uh, some, some folks seeking religious asylum in the United States coming from China. And they had to uh, basically determine whether their application for asylum was legitimate. And so the president says, well, I'm going to ask them to pronounce shibboleth. Uh, of course, his advisors have no idea what it means, and it's an opportunity for the president to educate us all on, on that. But it becomes a really, I think, very interesting that the Chinese character in the, in the show answers it correctly. He's talking about, well, what we have is, is faith, and he talks about what faith means to them and answers to the president's obvious satisfaction and, and convinces him that, yes, they're... Their religion is is real, so it, it's a it's a wonderful wonderful episode that I think opens up just that very conversation. Well, I'm proud I pronounced it correctly. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> checking it out the right way. Out of all of this, and and I'm sure somewhere in these seven seasons, and you've already shared some really neat episodes. Did you pick out of all of these what you would classify as Dave Graybill's favorite episode? Oh, wow. Yeah. I know it's tough. But. Yeah, it kind of differs on the day. You know, I, I really I really love the the cathedral episode when he's he's there. I, I just think that has a depth and a profundity about it. And if you've ever been to the National Cathedral, you, you know it's a remarkable place. I, I should have included this in the book, but I remember when I was a kid, I was probably eight or nine years old, and we went to visit the National Cathedral uh, one summer, and it was hot, and I didn't want to go, and we were all there. So I had my own kind of rant in the cathedral. Like, I think my dad was like, we're going to take these boys out, and, and uh, we're not going to come back, do these fun family things again. And I was just, I'm sure I was a terror in there. And so um, uh, <laughs> so I have some good memories uh, or some, some interesting memories of the National Cathedral, but I think that's probably the one that rises to the top of all of them. I, I agree. That's right in my top four or five. We had visited as a family with my daughters. They were much younger and grandchildren years ago. What a what a wonderful place. And folks, if you've never been there and you take a D.C. trip, you cannot leave without the National Cathedral. I'm sorry. Tons of monuments, museums, et cetera, but you must do that. But that is great. Now, anything, Dave, you would like to leave with our listeners about the book? You're, you're certainly allowed to promo it. You're having a signing here in Athens. We're excited to see that. I just, I love always talking with authors, and I just, I think it's great. But anything you can think of you'd like to say to the listeners about whether it's Faith in the West Wing or just anything, feel free. Well, I want to say, first of all, thank you to you for what you're doing here and, and the things that you're sharing all across these podcasts and certainly an invitation for me to be a part of that. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm also uh, hoping that, that, that this book, I think, stimulates your own reflections and observations. I'd love to hear what other people are seeing in the show 
and, and maybe what other things the book's ideas bring to mind. So uh, again, I hope it, it fosters conversation. I love to have conversation about these kinds of things. So I think we need more conversation around churches and then around our, around our nation and around the world. So anything that fosters good conversation like today, I think is, is a wonderful thing. That's excellent. And I agree a hundred percent. And folks, as I say in every episode, you're welcome to respond to the email shellgriff at gmail.com, S-H-E-L-G-R-I-F at gmail.com. And if you have questions about this episode, I can get them back to Dave and respond in a future episode. And and I just greatly appreciate you coming, not only about the book, but as a dear friend and, and watching the growth of this. We wish you much, much success on this. And I agree with you, conversation, dialogue, you know, that that leads to appropriate positive change just has to be where where we go at this time. But I'm so grateful for you being here and can't wait to talk with you again. Folks, as I say every time, I hope each of you out there will have a safe and healthy day, and I'll see you a little further on up the road.